Welcome to the Kinja's Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinja's Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. Today we have Ryan Conferito, a.k.a. Ryanime, in the pod. He is a dancer, choreographer, artist, musician, and keyboardist. You may recognize him from So You Think You Can Dance Season 1 and most reputably with Quest Crew, winners of ABDC Seasons 3 and 8. Um, this was a really fun talk, uh, talking with Ryan. This is one of the first talks I've had with him, um, him talking about his history and how he found dance, music, and all of that. And what I find to be the most interesting thing about this conversation was how he uh, approaches and views the concept of fear. And I think it was really interesting because he actually uses fear to his benefit and to his advantage. And he says he has a concept for himself that he lives by of if you're afraid, do it anyway. Um, And I might be kind of paraphrasing that, but I think the way that he says that he performs at his best ability is when he's under pressure and when there is a opportunity for failure and I think he uses that to be the fuel for him to perform at his best which is interesting. Ryan has a very uh, keen understanding of himself and an honest approach to everything that he does um, whether it be music whether it be dance um, whether it just being a creative Um, I think him knowing himself, his strengths, what he's good at, what he likes, what he doesn't like, all those things, I think, uh, kind of accumulate to him being able to create from uh, an honest place. Yeah, this is a really fun conversation. We went down memory lane talking about a lot of our dance community history. Yeah, a lot of stories that I didn't know about that uh, he had, which was really fun to talk about, which you guys will hear. And um, I think, yeah, this is a really good one for me because I think uh, his approach to creating is very different even from my own. And even the way that he uh, views the concept of practicing and rehearsing is very different from my own, which I appreciate because I think you can learn a lot from people who uh, function and operate differently from you. So I think you guys will get a, a lot out of that. Uh, Really fun lightning round at the end. Um, I asked some new questions and he had a lot of fun and um, interesting answers, which you guys will hear. Um, I think this is a really good one. This is for anybody out there that's in that space of um, wanting to pursue some sort of creative uh, outlet um, as a career. I think hearing Ryan's story and how he's done it for himself and how he's still doing it um, is really good. There's a lot packed in here, so let's just jump right into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinja's Podcast Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. We got Justin Kim and Jeremy Lai behind all the equipment. We got some new gear today. I'm stoked for all this new stuff. What's the new stuff you have? We got these. Th- that little thing right there is a camera, believe it or not. I know. Not. I, had a, I had a hard oh. time finding a camera for yeah, a second. <laughs> I didn't know you put one up. a little camera. That thing's cool. Is I'm that that thing see. that like self-balances when you I go like so. this? It has face tracking. So oh, like dang. Move, I don't know. Is it following me? I don't know. Uh, not right now. Anyway, <laughs> folks, I'm stoked. We got very special guests in the pod today. Got the homie Ryan Conferito, aka Ryanime, is Shout in the out. house. If you don't know, Ryan is a dancer, choreographer, artist, musician, and keyboardist. He competed on season one of So You Think You Can Dance. Dang. Winner of ABDC seasons three and eight with Quest Crew. 
But most importantly, he has the most lush head of hair west of the Mississippi. <laughs> Dude. Apparently, he cuts it himself, too. For, for now, it, it's, it's lush for now, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. What's up, Ryan? What's how you up, doing, man? man? Thanks for having me, dude. Thanks for coming onto the pod, man. Heck yeah. But um, yeah, so I love getting into origin stories for people who may not know like where you're from, where you grew up. Uh, give us that story. All right. Um, I'm from the 562. 562. So that's Downey specifically. Okay. Uh, a lot of people haven't heard of that little town. Is um, 562 technically like Cerritos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cerritos, Long yeah. Beach. Uh, Lakewood, okay, yeah, that area. That's OC ish, or no? It's it's actually like smack in the middle of uh, OC and LA County. Gotcha. So if you're trying to get to OC from LA, Downey's like the last place you yeah. you're gonna see yeah. before you. Yeah. It says welcome to Orange On County. On the five. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right off the five. Yeah, okay. yeah. So heck five yeah. six two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's where I'm from, and uh, but I went to high school in San Gabriel. Okay. So pretty much my whole like community of like homies is kind of based around that area, sixty six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then I went to um, UCI like later on okay. in life. Okay. Now I live in LA. There it is. Uh, where where did you? At what point did you start dancing? And what did dance get into your life? Uh, that was uh, man. It's hard to say because I was br- I started breaking in high school, and that was around geez like nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine. But I still didn't understand the concept of dancing until like two thousand two. Because <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? You started breaking, but yeah, in the concept. Like I was just and... doing crazy spinning shit, okay. and I didn't yeah. even think about like it was just inconsequential stunts. Yeah, <laughs> and like I still couldn't socially dance with a girl. Like if I was at a party, got it. Got and they it. were like, a girl was like, "You want to dance?" I, yeah. I would just. I would just be like, nah, dancing's gay. Yeah. You know, that usual, like, yeah. that's 1998 mentality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just to hide the fact that I didn't know what to do. Right, right. And then, uh, and then I guess I kind of learned that way, way later and then a- applied that to what I was already doing, yeah. which is why I guess my, my style that, um, the, the style I ended up with was very stunt heavy. Mm-hmm. Cause that was such a big. My foundation is basically stunts. Like Got it's you. not anything else. Were you getting down with like a crew of other guys that were yeah, kind of yeah, into yeah. The same stuff. Okay. Yeah, tons of. Uh, I had a bunch of other b boy uh, crews back then. This one crew called City Drifters was the crew that I used to always do jams with, mm-hmm. and we had this stupid rule every practice where like practice wasn't done until you made up at least three moves. Whoa. Which is really insane to think. Yeah, yeah. But at that age, we thought we were making up stuff, but it was already yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so uh, it helped with the creativity yeah. and uh, and just doing battles all the time without realizing uh, how bad we were was a really good thing, <laughs> which I think is everything. Like, if I could go back to the mentality of being unaware of where I stand, mm. It's like that's the biggest blessing on earth. Well, yeah. <laughs> but then that. you learn too much and you go, "Damn, I suck." Right. That's when you start second guessing yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that was like, and I, and it was by sheer luck that I don't think I ever ran into anybody that was that much better than me, where it made me like feel like total crap. Mm-hmm. It was very incremental. So yeah, improving was like literally like a step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. What what I remember seeing you, um, you had one signature move that I'm like, this guy's insane. Where you literally did a backflip onto your head. Oh yeah, dude. Crazy story <laughs> because you would actually know like the so the origin of that move. I did it on accident at All You See. Do you remember that competition yeah, where it was like yeah, yeah All yeah, Cal yeah. yeah, and it was at Union Station. Okay. And uh, I was trying to do a backflip. Uh huh. Because there's this girl I was trying to date real bad, and she was in the crowd. She was in one of the 
girl dance teams back okay. then. Uh-huh. And I tried to do this backflip, but the Union Station tile was so slippery that I my heel like went whoop. And then I just went bang like this and uh-huh. I stuck it and everyone went, whoa. And then afterwards she was like, that's amazing. I didn't know you had that move. I was like, yeah, I you know, <laughs> trained it, practiced that's it. You, that's easy. my signature move. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have like a giant welt on your head or like, wait, what? No, that's how I figured out that it, I was like, yo, that kind of felt like if I'm hype enough, it doesn't even feel like anything. So like, wait a second. So wait, like a move that you did on accident, you're like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing this move. Yeah. You never hurt yourself doing that. Well, I never, I never really practiced it that much and I still don't because I have this stupid theory with moves. I don't even know if, if this makes sense, but I try not to practice my riskiest moves because I don't want my body to know what it's like to mess up. If I'm hype and I do it on stage, I'll always do it right because I only know one muscle memory of what it felt like to stick Whoa. it. Does that make sense? That's crazy. But it sounds dumb like because like <laughs> everybody who trains with me knows like they're like, they're, you, you don't practice anything that you do on stage. And that's true because, you know, when you're practicing, it's not the same feeling. And I feel like I'm not going to be that into it. I'll do that's it. So and then I'll remember, oh, I felt... I know what it's like to mess this up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, because <laughs> I, I would think that whatever, however you practice is how you perform because that's exactly, kind of what yeah. I'm, I'm used to, you know? Mm-hmm. So like for me, in order for me to know what it's going to feel like to practice on stage or, or to perform on stage, I feel like I need to practice it the same way, a.k.a. like the the feeling of going full out right like if i if i'm gonna go half in the studio that's probably how i'm gonna do it on stage exactly yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. so i'm kind of opposite thinking so that's interesting that you have that theory yeah i mean that's if it's choreo i obviously have to practice a million yeah. times but like on on times where i had like uh three shows a day or something and i had to do that same move like i had a show one time in uh in malaysia where they had me do that move at least six to seven times a day at this like show I was doing for yeah. like two weeks straight and I was getting worse at it every time because there was just too much data in my brain. Oh, and yeah. then like I hadn't done it for like a year and then I just did this uh, Nike show and it's online and I did it without rehearsing it and it was the best I ever stuck it my whole life. What? After a year of not doing it at all, I hadn't even done a headstand in a year. Like I just went, Doot. I was like, oh, because I only remember now is like how to do it right instead of like all these different times that I don't care about doing it. That's wild. You know what I mean, what do you think? Because I'm very interested in the the psychology behind that. Because <laughs> that sounds like I literally can't comprehend how like you can think that way. I mean, it makes sense because you, you do it. It's not like you're, you're <laughs> yeah. talking about something in theory. theory. <laughs> you're like, no, this is how I do it. And I'm like, okay, well, he does it that way. Where, where do you think? It's do you, do you <laughs> yeah. feel like you 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 have that approach to other things in life? Like, like I definitely have that, that approach to other things in life, which is what's weird is it's a, I mean, it sounds like a flawed theory, but it definitely, uh, it, it, it might be half superstition, I think. Because <laughs> it's like, if anything that I want to do, I have the pressure behind yeah. it where people expect me to do it right. Right. I'm going to do it better than any other time. Wow. Which is kind of like when I was on So You Think You Can Dance, that was 2000, uh, 2005 uh-huh. up until that point I had never really done anything professional at all and I never I didn't even really know how to count uh-huh. and they put me on that I thought I was doing Dance 360 they didn't even tell us what kind of show it was <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah. we all thought it was Dance 360 but it wasn't I was on Dance 360 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm jealous of you bro that's why I went yeah, yeah. Dude. but then uh, 
they told us it was this choreo thing and we had to learn all this stuff and I freaked out and that fight or flight that kicks in mm. helps me through situations like that where I'm like I just focus in and I'm like okay I have no option but to kill it yeah. you know what I mean so it definitely helps me out to just have nothing but pressure too much preparation usually works against me sometimes interesting yeah how were you in school <laughs> kind of the same way I did really? all my work at the last minute uh-huh. <laughs> and how'd you do I, well, I did all right. I mean, I I had to do a lot of, uh, I had to retake a lot of courses before I got into UCI. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. But it was one of those things where my study habits were really bad. Like I just, uh, I would just skate through it. And then right when I absolutely had to pass it, that's the only time I could really work. Do you feel like you had a natural ability to just kind of like know things easily pick up things like quickly or because i mean you say you didn't have good study habits it's not like you're sitting there reading like hours and studying for hours you're just like cram session right yeah it was just all if there's no pressure there's no productivity Hmm. like it's it's weird that's super interesting and i think that's just that's mostly obviously it's my choice that i do that yeah uh i don't think that works all the time yeah (laughs) but for me it's it's like if there's if it's an, if there's no other motivators in place, pressure is always gonna work. So mm. at least mm. I know something will. Yeah. How were your parents through you like wanting to pursue dance? Same as every Asian yeah. family. Like so just not, <laughs> yeah. not into it. Well, mine was kind of double worse, and I hate like the sob story of it. But like my parents were, I mean, they're traditional Filipinos, so yeah. obviously I got to do something in medicine like every other person. But at the same time, we were also very religious. Uh, we were from a religion called Seventh-day Adventism. Mm-hmm. And uh, for people that don't know about that, that's basically like the most extreme hardcore uh, Christian you mm-hmm. can possibly be. And they believe among all the pretty crazy things that dance is evil. Mm. Uh, and that's a sin. Mm-hmm. So there's no dancing. I grew up uh, since kindergarten all the way to senior year high school going to SDA schools. Mm-hmm. And the schools don't have school dances. Mm-hmm. Uh if you're in worship and they're playing music, you can't go like this. Right. <laughs> you right. just can't move. Yeah. And then, uh, so at school, that was the only time that I was away from home really to practice breaking. Mm-hmm. And which is kind of why breaking was really good for me because it didn't look like dancing a lot of the time. Mm. Cause I wasn't doing top rocks. I was right. just trying to do windmills Yeah, yeah. and I wasn't even doing those. Right. So right. then it really didn't look like dancing. Uh-huh. And, uh, but then as I got better, I was practicing since freshman year of high school. As I got better, junior year, uh, it started to look a little better. And then I got caught by teachers. And the gym teacher wrote me a pink slip. And then the pink slip, it said, I had to take it on my parents, it said, uh, was caught dancing or was caught break dancing in the gym. And it literally said that. And wow. this is a pink slip. You get something like this for kicking someone in the balls. Right. And the equivalent was I was caught Dang. practicing windmills in yeah. the gym. And I had to show that to my mom and dad. And they were just like, we don't even understand what this is. Yeah. And uh, and then I had to tell them like, oh, I've been trying to, you know, like, I, they didn't have a frame of reference. So I was like, you know, on Soul Train when there's a guy and he just starts spinning on the floor. I'm trying to do that. Uh-huh. And they were so pissed. Like, they were like disappointed yeah. to a weird degree where you would think I did something horrible. Mm-hmm. But... You know, so then um, I made it basically the school said, you just can't do that anymore. And then uh, I there's only one teacher out of all the like faculty that thought what I was doing was kind of cool. <laughs> so whenever she was in the gym, it was it was the uh, she was the uh, coach of like the girls teams. Yeah, she was she would let me practice in the gym as long as there were like no other people around. So I literally have to like hide like footloose, but yeah. high school. Do you remember uh, the teacher's name? 
Yeah, her name was uh, Faith Potter. Shout out Faith <laughs> she Potter. showed up. It's crazy because uh, So You Think You Can Dance, my first episode, uh, the taping, uh-huh. she was in the crowd. That's and I didn't so invite sick. her or anything. She yeah. just showed up. That's so tight. And I was just like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as if like she's kind of the reason why you were able to continue dancing because she yeah, let you. Yeah, because I didn't have nowhere else to practice. Right. Plus, my parents didn't even know that. Uh, so you think was the first time they actually really saw me mm-hmm. do anything like that. So how did you even get to do the show? I mean, like. I just kept it a secret, man. Like, it sucked. Because by the time they saw it, my whole family was like disappointed about it whoa so yeah. you didn't even get their permission to do the show you just went and did it and they saw that you did it yeah we just oh, wow. basically it was just me and hawk and yeah. we were on like myspace or something we saw a bulletin about it uh-huh. the audition and then we were like it was like 4 a.m that we were just up late and we saw it the audition was at 7 a.m uh-huh so we were like let's just go we hit up richie <laughs> yeah we went out there we didn't know what it was and then before i knew it it just became this big thing mm-hmm. i didn't expect to make it that far at all i just thought wouldn't it be funny to audition for something like yeah. this? Like, we were just from the community. We didn't really know anything about yeah. professional work. <laughs> so the whole time you were doing Six Step, that was all like parents didn't know about it at all. Nobody, yeah, nothing, Dang, yeah. Flying under the radar, dude. I had to, yeah. <laughs> and and Six Step and just the community. Oh, let me just say, I just want to tell you this because this seems like a good place to tell you. <laughs> uh, when you did drop it like it's hot, yeah. I was there, bro. Like, and I didn't know anybody else in that whole um, auditorium. Uh-huh. Like, I was just new and fresh to the scene. Which one was? Is that Vibe? I, th- I think it was uh-huh. Vibe. Yeah. And it. What year was that? Two thousand. Uh, that had to be two thousand four. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know. It was me and Eris, and we went out there. We didn't know nobody. We bought tickets. Uh huh. We saw that, and that changed our lives. Whoa. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's we crazy. Were like, what is this? <laughs> Whoa. I think from the my development in dance from the years when I found the community, which was around 2002 or 2003 to 2005, mm-hmm. right between that chunk, that was more development in dance than I ever had in my whole life. Like in in total of any amount of years, that little chunk yeah. was the biggest that it went up. Because I just, I don't know if people get the same feeling nowadays when they discover the community, but like... It felt like finding an underground world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. So I, I when you mentioned those years, because that was probably right around the time where, I mean, when you mentioned Drop It Like It's Hot, that was when I was on Kaba. Yeah. And I was like 04 and then 05. Between like 04 to 07, I mean, I do agree. Um, I, I mean, I can't say that the community doesn't have that effect now because, I mean, we're obviously not growing up in the community right now, so maybe it is, but... I do remember that time that there being such like this fire of like people, like all people wanted to do was be at these community shows and getting a video or finding a dance video online somehow was golden, you know, and like going on the boogie zone forums to like looking up, you know, like there's this one video that's on, like, I know it's in this thread somewhere. It's like, Oh, there it is. And you just watch (laughs) it, you know? Um, that's such a good time, man. Yeah. Um, so I I think there's like, there's still something that I feel like, man, I want to kind of like, you know, uncover or, or kind of dig into a little bit more. Cause you know, you, you said you, weren't ever doing anything professionally yet you auditioned for so you think and you got on and like you were a memorable person it wasn't like you got on one episode and then you got kicked off right like right and and like 
how how does one go from I don't know what I'm doing to be good enough to be able to like get onto a TV competition show and become very memorable? You know what I mean? Like yeah, like where do you think you have? Because I know I, I know you're into music and all that, and I want to get into that in a little bit. But like I think there's there's something that I feel like the way that you approach, um, I guess essentially the things that you you care a lot about. You right. Know, if you care a lot about something. You have a way of um, obsessing over in it in a way that, like, you become kind of extraordinary. I mean, not to, like, big you up too much, but, like, <laughs> but like that's what I'm saying. When you love something to the degree that one becomes so obsessive that, uh-huh. like, I'm going to figure out how to be, like, incredible at this thing. Yeah. Because even the way that you say you approach school, you're like, I don't know. I just kind of, like, crammed and somehow, like, I made it through not everyone can do that because that's like called being lazy and being right. a procrastinator and that doesn't Absolutely. work in life in general. That doesn't work. <laughs> it you shouldn't. Know, yeah. Some people can kind of get away with it, you know, I guess. So I'm, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in the, the way that you can be like, I've never done this before. I'm going to give it a shot. Oh, shoot. I'm actually doing really well at it. Like, how do you feel like you you kind of have that ability? I think um, as long as I've been in any position to give anyone any type of advice the only thing i really say is uh if you're afraid just do it scared Mm. and my entire life has always been that way where uh i'm terrified of a lot of stuff that i take on Mm -hmm. but that doesn't stop me from doing it i just do it just shaky and scared the whole way Mm. but i do it like so you think i was scared every step of that way i was terrified from the audition to the first moment they were like you're gonna learn this choreo like like just a crippling fear right uh and or the pressure of like, hey, you're gonna go on TV in a few seconds. Make sure you do that head thing we like and stick it. Mm-hmm. Like, what? It's that's so scary for someone to hold you to that, you know, expectation. But it never just never stops me from trying. Like, yeah. I just know, okay, like I can be too scared that I'll give up, or I can just do it and be okay with the fact that I'm frightened. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's sort of how I operate. Where uh-huh. I just don't say no, but I say, okay, I, I admit the fact that I'm. Yeah, you know, not brave about it. <laughs> Did your parents teach you that? I think it just, I think it's when you grow up in any religion that's very strict, you sort of live with this weird natural fear of everything. Mm. And that's a strange thing. It's like you're taught to be afraid of God. You're taught to be afraid of consequences. You're taught to be afraid of anything you say or do being against what you're taught in doctrine or Bible. Mm-hmm. So that kind of never goes away. So mm. uh, doing anything, I'm I'm just so accustomed to the fact that Oh yeah, you're gonna be scared of it, mm. but you know, not doing it's not an option. Doing it and being afraid is an option. That take that route. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's a weird, weird thing where like, I've never stopped feeling like I'm still trying to figure it out. And uh, and that's the reason why whenever people say, "Oh, how did you do this?" or "How did you accomplish that?" I don't try to create this like spectacular story of how it was done in retrospect. Mm-hmm. I just tell them the truth of like. We just took it every step of the way. It never felt like we knew exactly what was correct, but we just never stopped taking steps. That's it. You know, mm. like they're not always going to be right. Some of them are, you're going to go back, you're going to backtrack, but you know, you're still trying to move forward. That's just the main thing. I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to be this beacon of like bravery, like hell no. <laughs> like mm. I'm scared all the damn time. But yeah. you know, it's, that's one thing that I always tell young people is like, you don't got to feel like you have it figured out before you do it. Yeah. You know? just do it and you know like may not work out it might work out but it's up to you what happens after you know yeah 
That's great, man. I mean, I think the the more common, you know, story is that people get crippled by fear and fear deters them yeah. from trying new things, you know. So that's why people will kind of stick right. to whatever is considered safe, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I think that's a that's an amazing trait. So you know, so from the dance side of it, you you got you know, so you did so you think. Um, when did when did Quest Crew come about? Because I understand you're one of the founding members. Of yeah, Quest yeah, as it was well, me right? and Hawk. Yeah, that was uh, 2006, and uh, we started it just as a way to hang out. <laughs> it was like a thing where I think everybody who knows us understands that like. I think we just use dance as an excuse to kick it because mm-hmm. the community kind of has that vibe with like all the yeah. real crews yeah. kind of have that sort yeah. of like, oh, these dudes really kick it. They mm-hmm. hang out. And, uh, you know, we just liked each other a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think anything that came from Quest Crew was just a byproduct of how much we liked each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of it's good. Some of it's kind of random. But that's that's kind of what we did. Me and Hawk said one day, we're like, let's put together a team where... Um, we don't have to worry about um is everything gonna be okay or is the is the owner stealing money mm-hmm, like you know mm-hmm. just shady stuff yeah we were like let's just have this be homie based uh everybody's equal and uh let's just keep going yeah it's very simple and quest was i mean you you guys had a, a quest learning center right which was like the facility that you yeah. guys would session at teach at and stuff yeah. like that yeah a lot of people think that we made quest learning center or that we owned it but not at all it was a mm-hmm. so we mean hawk after we made the crew we didn't have a name or anything mm-hmm. and we were trying to figure out where can we have sessions and practice and rehearse a friend of mine was like yo there's this uh this dude in Cerritos that opened up this like community center and the whole bottom floor has a studio that they're not really doing that much. Uh, you should hit him up. So I walked in there and I was like, Hey, what's up? Uh, so me and this other random dude are starting a random crew. How would you like <laughs> to partner up somehow? Yeah. So whack. And then, uh, and then he was like, well, what's, what's the benefit on our end? And I was uh-huh. like, I don't know. Maybe, uh, how about we just call ourselves quest crew? Cause <laughs> you guys are quest yeah. learning center. Yeah. Maybe it'll make people want to go. I don't That's know. Genius, and dude. it was just a little, like, I didn't, this is the only place I tried that at. Yeah. Like I hadn't been to like 50 places and he's the one that said, yes, like yeah. this is a first dude. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, yo, yeah. that's tight. Yeah. So then ever since then, every like day we're like, all right, everybody, we're going to be going to this spot in Artesia, get everybody together. We're going to practice here. We're a quest crew now. And it was like, that's a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had our first gig, which was a, which was a Halloween show at a club. And, uh, and that was our first gig as Quest Crew. And then the story is, is like, oh, we, they can't afford to pay us, but they'll let us bring in as many friends as we can. Uh-huh. And that's why we celebrate Quest Halloween every year. Uh-huh. And that's why it's free for everybody because there's no money involved in that transaction. I never knew that, that was the origin <laughs> of the Quest yeah. Halloween. If you guys don't know, these guys are the <laughs> littest Halloween party in the game, dude. And I'm bummed that I missed the recent one. That's It's 13 years now, and that's like Dang. our that's our main, like, if we don't do anything all year, we're at least going to do that because yeah. that's, that's our anniversary, and we always look at it like, you know, uh, that was the most fun that we had was just being able to have friends yeah. come into a club that, you know, normally dancers never want to pay for stuff like that yeah. so it was it was dope they let us do that and we try to like 
have an homage to that. That's dope. Um, and then you guys auditioned for ABDC. Yeah. Three, right? And you guys got down. Well, there's a funny story about, I think, you, I don't even know if you know this. <gasps> <laughs> Yo. So we tried out season one, just okay. like you guys. Uh-huh. We made it in and they told us, you guys are in. We love you. Uh-huh. And then, um, and then uh, we checked with the contracts that we had with So You Think because Dom and Hawk had just been on there as contestants. Oh, okay. Yeah, Did yeah. you I hear about I, this? I heard something having to do with some of you guys <laughs> having contracts that con- yeah, Yo, had conflict. Yeah, so then they told us last minute that we couldn't do it. Dang. And we, we had like prepared all the stuff and we were so ready to do it. And then they took us out of the roster and then they said they put you guys in. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Oh, yeah. That's what they told. I don't know if it's true. That's what the producers told us. They, they were like, yeah, they, you guys couldn't do it. So then they put Jabba and then the rest is freaking history. That's wild. <laughs> what the Imagine heck? Imagine if we were both in the same season. Yeah, we would have got smoked. Been, that would have been a crazy <laughs> season. I don't know about that, man. Oh, season no, we one, really weren't ready. Season one was crazy. The, the no, level of like the offering and the variety within the, the cruise was crazy. I'm glad we're talking about ABDC season one because that was the shit. Like, I don't think it should have went... Like that was exactly the way it should have been. Hmm. If we were on season one, we we just wouldn't have had enough like preparation or material. Mm. Like mm. we were very excited, yeah, but clouded excitement. You know, like right, like right. let's go. But uh, definitely seeing you guys do it helped us win season three. Hmm. Seeing what you guys did and how you won. Mm. Same with Super Crew. Yeah. Seeing you guys, Super Crew, uh, Supreme Soul, yeah, Fanny Pack. Those are the crews that we studied the most mm. on how they did what they did. So we basically went into season three with two seasons of knowledge yeah which yeah. a lot of people you know didn't do they kind of were just like we're gonna do our thing mm-hmm. like no we didn't want to just do our thing we wanted yeah. to study like what are the successful like things people do smart yeah um after you guys won season three um i know you guys kind of like why well, you guys definitely still did a lot of stuff as quest crew but i started to see people kind of do like solo projects and kind of yeah. pursue individual things um, how did that come about? Was that always the plan or did that kind of just yeah. organically kind of happen? It's it's weird because that was definitely always the plan. Something that me and Hawk always said was um, when we started Quest Crew, we, you know, Hawk's got a million things he likes mm-hmm. to do and he's phenomenal at mm-hmm. as well. Like he does art. I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> he is just art, yeah. He is art. No, but like everybody, <coughs> in the, everybody in the crew has several interests. Yeah. And, uh, it's like kind of like everybody has another dream. So we were always like, yo, let's make this crew a thing where as we gain leverage in life, let's try to help each other get those things as mm-hmm. well. So we never put a, you know, we were never like, yo, you're a dancer now. Do only dance. Yeah. Like it was like, no, do all the things you do. We'll figure out a way to like grow mm-hmm. all of them. And I can't, I think that's kind of more where we're at now. Yeah. You know, after all those years. But definitely it was always the plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's dope because I felt like, um, you know, even from the outside perspective, like I saw a lot of support that you guys had for each other in your own individual pursuits. You know, I thought that yeah, was dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, were you always doing music at a young age or did music come later? It's funny because, yeah, I was always doing music. Mm-hmm. Funny, stupid thing, which resembles a lot of the same thing about dance was that uh, I also wasn't really... Um, I played piano since I was six, mm-hmm. and I started lessons six to 12, and then I just did um, self-taught jazz and blues from 13 on. Mm-hmm. Even at that point, I wasn't allowed to do music. Mm. My grandma, my grandfather, his dying 
Yeah, one of my grandfather's dying things that he told me on his deathbed. Don't do music. Uh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I swear, my parents asked him to tell me, like, don't pursue music as a career. Wow. How, like, how did you take that? I mean. Typical Filipino crap, man. Yeah. I was like, come on, guys. But like, I mean, your grandfather, that kind of being one of his, like, last <laughs> things he tells you, I mean. But that's like, they, they never stopped telling you that. Right, you know what I mean? Right. My family never stopped. Every time I wanted to do something in art, dance, music, mm-hmm. they would try to discourage it. Yeah. Some way. Either, like, they would have somebody, like, slip that in my ear. Like, mm-hmm. I heard you want to play piano. Don't do it. <laughs> There's no money. Yeah. You know, like, and, and I get it. And that's the thing that, like, our generation so used to it it's yeah, white noise and we get sure. it and i and that's the thing is i respect it and i understand why yeah. they're saying that yeah. so i never i never held it against them like mm-hmm. how dare you i was just like okay this is the environment that i'm right. living in and and you know they come from a different place so they'll always have that maybe after my generation it'll switch and i'll be telling my kids don't do medicine there's nothing <laughs> like who knows yeah, you know what i mean yeah. like you're so talented don't yeah. be a doctor like sing like i have no clue but it was one of those things where uh I had to hide that too. I had to uh, go to the, uh, I had to go to the band room in high school after school and just play piano by myself because if I went home and did it, then my parents would be like, "No, study. Why are you like doing that?" So your parents put you in piano lessons, but they didn't want you to continue it. The typical like, I Asian thing. I want you to thing. know it. Yeah. Just don't pursue it. That's I think is that's an Asian anomaly. That's so interesting. Where Asian families will put you in a craft force you to get really really good at it mm-hmm. and then don't get inspired to start a career off it because it's so just for entertaining yeah. the relatives yeah you know but then i got obsessed with it like they put me in it and i just got totally obsessed <coughs> and i couldn't stop like trying to figure it out more and get another level up mm-hmm. to the point where you know i i mean i definitely did look at it like it was more important than studying sometimes so i get why they would get upset mm-hmm. but i had to do that in secret too Hmm. What the heck? It's funny because <laughs> most of my friends, because I, I, my parents tried to force me to play an instrument, but I was just always rebellious, so I would always just say no. <laughs> it worked on my brother and sister, so they they knew an instrument, but I didn't. Yeah. And you know, to this day, I fully just like regret it. You know, like, and the, or I, of course, me, I'm gonna blame my mom. Like, mom, why didn't you force me harder? Yeah, <laughs> she's like, you kept on saying no. I mean, it's, like, it's a golden thing to yeah. to take an instrument on when you're a kid because you just. You don't got nothing else to do. That's true. Nowadays, if you want to play trumpet, like you got to work it in your schedule. Yeah. Some days you don't feel like Did it. Did you enjoy the lessons when you were a kid? I didn't enjoy the lessons. I enjoyed playing by oh, myself. Like I enjoyed figuring out myself. Oh. The lessons were like I understood that they were necessary, but the pacing was just not my thing. You know, I I, I think I'm kind of like seeing something here in terms of the way that even the way that you were talking about how you quote-unquote found dance you know you're breaking but you were kind of doing things in a thing in a way that you thought was the right way yeah um which maybe foundationally wasn't completely sound but right like, but you kind of found your own style because of it you're like wait how, why do you do it that way we're like you're probably like isn't this the way you do it you're doing it wrong but that actually looks kind of cool though right you yeah know what i mean and like you finding out like i'm gonna do this backflip and then you land it on your head and now you have like this signature move yeah. where you're like oops like i found something um and like what you're talking about how you don't enjoy the practicing a- aspect or you didn't enjoy practicing piano but you love playing yeah. and i think there is like this you like playing and creating and finding 
like yourself you know what i mean it's like you're not necessarily interested in like here's the correct way and here's the way that you're supposed to do it fundamentally but you're like i don't really care about that but i like playing with it you know like there's something yeah. about it that i enjoy and I'm, I'm sure you obviously you need to know enough for you to be right able to play, you still do right you know what i mean so of course there's there's still um some level of foundation that's there but it seems like the thing that interests you the most as a as an artist is the aspect of um finding it for yourself yeah, yeah i think that's something that i always i always tell people as well is like i still understood what the foundations were mm -hmm. like in breaking i didn't have any of that foundation when i first entered that world mm -hmm. and for a long time i didn't really uh but i still understand what i'm not doing right and i understand why that's important mm -hmm. but at over all of that i understand what works for me mm -hmm. and i get my limitations and i get my advantages mm -hmm. so one of my biggest things my whole life was that i just didn't really get hurt I was, i've still never broken a bone in my entire life wow and it's just like a weird i don't know too much calcium or something i get it yeah but at the same time i'm like that's my strength so anything i do that's not really taking full advantage of that then i'm missing something hmm. and i think if you discover your strength early on or at any point like that's what you capitalize and for some people, their strength is to have flawless foundation. Like, it's perfect. Like, I don't disrespect it at all. I think it's that if that's your thing, lucky you. Mm -hmm. But if I take all my time trying to chase what you are, I'm missing out. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I started out with, you know, a different advantage. And it would be a sad thing not to see it through. Hmm. That's how I see yeah. it. I love that. And I like the idea of like like Kinjas or Quest or Super Crew or any crew like that really takes advantage of diversity mm -hmm. and being like, okay, you're the guy that does this. I love that. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's the coolest thing mm -hmm. rather than like 10 guys that are all great at the same thing. Like, right. It's so cool to have specialists because mm. then it makes me think of video games and that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you consider yourself lucky? Absolutely. I think I'm lucky just being born in this time mm -hmm. because... Uh, like with a lot of the people of our generation, we say that we were born at a really good time mm -hmm. for dance. Yeah. And I think maybe in the future there'll be a better one, but we came in right at the resurgence of media popularity of yeah. dance. Yeah. And that's something I never take for granted. Like I understand that the, so you think that I tried out for was monumentally the right time. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it, and it's sad that there's people that are, you know, way more talented that didn't get that timing. Mm -hmm. But it just makes me feel grateful that like, yo, what a crazy thing that it worked out that way. Mm -hmm. That around the time that we wanted to be this crew, a dance crew show was created mm. on MTV of all yeah. networks that was really relevant for its period. Like, what the heck? Like, yeah. You can ask for a better for sure. like pieces falling into place. Yeah. Yeah. The timing of that was crazy. Right. Yeah, it was right place, right time for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Meister Watches. They are truly masters of their craft. From quality materials and masterful timepieces to functional lifestyle accessories for the movers and shakers of the worlds they collide with, Meister is doing it. They've collaborated with some of the biggest brands in sports, music, comic book, car culture, and pop culture. We've actually had the pleasure of collaborating with them on a timepiece a few years back. I rock their ambassador watch. This one's my everyday watch. This one's my favorite. They are for our culture and for those that are on a constant mission to master their craft. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and pop in the discount code KINJASPOD to receive 25% off your entire purchase at checkout. 
And this discount is exclusive to the Kinjas podcast. You won't find this discount anywhere. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and rock with the illest. This show is officially brought to you by Kinesthetic. Hop on to store.kinjas.com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at Kinesthetic Brand. So right now, currently, I mean, are you still dancing or like are you kind of just like done with that? Like I know you're more focused on the music side, but where is dancing in relation to music and your overall artistry? So I'm trying to, uh, I'm still trying to find my place in it, but uh, throughout throughout Quest's, um, I guess like history, I've, I've been the one that makes the performance mixes and, you know, I tried to develop this unique type of formula for that. And it caught attention over the years, different companies or different dance teams or different anything were mm-hmm. like, yo, we like the way that your mixes sound. Can you make us a performance mix or you apply that technique to what we want? And that just kind of made me think like, I want to make that a thing. Like I want to make this, uh, I want to make that, I guess, service that market somehow. People that need dance mixes or anything on stage and they need it to be a certain way to be exciting and to have that up and down and have all the correct things so it's easier to choreograph to. Mm -hmm. It's easier to, like, you know, uh, I guess, capture the right energy. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get into that. And uh, it's been good. I'm trying to focus more on that. Mm -hmm. I still dance and, like, you know, if I I have to do a show, then I'm down. Mm -hmm. But, Mm -hmm. like, I'm trying to give more love to that side mm. i guess music yeah. wise i understand you can you can play music by ear right you can hear something and then yeah to a degree yeah as long as it's not some concierto from 1700s or something that uh-huh. would take a lot of time but yeah. as long yeah if it's not too abstract then for the most part i could do it in my way it wouldn't really be note for note but yeah. it would be in the way that i understand it mm-hmm. which might be a little more interesting depending Again, I think that also goes into the way that you like to find it for yourself. It's like I you you heard it the way you heard it, and then like the way it comes out is like it may not be completely correct, but this is like my rendition yeah. of it. And that's and that's what interests me better. And also that skill of playing by ear came from the fact that I wasn't in piano lessons w- when my sister was. Mm-hmm. So my parents didn't put me in piano, but they put her in it, mm-hmm. and I would sit there listening to her lesson. And after she was done, I would just play what she learned Mm -hmm. and she'd get all pissed off. (laughs) And that like motivation to like upset her is what made me good at learning by ear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, man. Um, So Quest being the only crew in history to win ABDC twice. (laughs) You guys came on season eight. You know, we were on with you guys. We went to head to head at the Bro, end. I, let's talk about that. That was pretty epic. Because that's like, I I did not like the fact that we had to compete against each other. Yeah, I uh, hated the taste in my mouth. Yeah, of that. like it just was like, that's whack. Man. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think I, I hear you. I hear you because it's like, dang man, we want to. We don't want to compete against our friends. But I think, you know, when you have such level of respect for um you know the competitors in the show it becomes more so like out of like let's just put our best stuff on the floor yeah. you know what i mean and it's it, it, it at that point it's just sharing artistry and um and i think there's a level of competition that's healthy in in that sense because when you have somebody that is 
like so good it challenges you to That's bring true. the best stuff out. It's yeah, like, you're right about you, that. Like, we got to come correct because like no one's here messing around. Everyone's here to, you know, everyone's here to play, you know? Right. So you're right. I think, um, artistry wise, um, personally, I think ABDC season eight might be like one of the best seasons of ABDC in terms of the quality of work that was put mm-hmm. out on the show. Like every crew, came with it that yeah, season absolutely you know? and every crew was came from a more mature mentality yeah you know what <laughs> i mean versus like random crews from the past just thinking they're gonna win it without knowing who does what right, right. uh yeah that was you're right about that because that's how it was with us and beat freaks is we were like mm-hmm. when we knew that they were on the show as well yeah season three we were like come on like, that's not <laughs> yeah <fair. laughs> yeah but and we complained so much because we we're like dude they're like the leaders like we're gonna be going to auditions for their shit after this. that's not that's like awkward yeah, man yeah. and it and it literally pushes you to just like and it, especially like someone like me that works great under pressure then mm-hmm. it's highly beneficial yeah but you know just the idea of i didn't like the feeling of having to be seriously competitive mm-hmm. against people that i Person, like we personally knew all of you guys right, like we're right. friends yeah like i lived with mike and i'm like dude this is like i don't like this feeling yeah. and, it, and it just forced like an odd haze that was like mm. come on man mm-hmm. it wasn't it was not sweet yeah. it was a really great season as far as material mm-hmm. and as far as everyone having the platform to make the best thing they could make mm-hmm. absolutely great and fun to watch still not the best memories mm-hmm. as far as like how it felt the mm. entire way through. Mm. Yeah, I would have to say. Yeah, I get that. I mean, you know, I think the way that we approached the show, too, was, um, I mean, for one, Kinjas was like the only crew that had no place even being there because, you know, it was supposed to be the season of past champions. And we're like, uh, we're like the new kids on the block. Technically, right. you know, yeah, though, technically, like, you know, I was on season one. Some was and you guys were like a, a mishmash of champs. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I think, you know, that kind of we were the wild card, you know, and that kind of came early on. in as far as like how your infrastructure as a company was going to be. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that must have been a little bit challenging with you're in this place to brand your company right totally. here. Yeah. That, I mean, like, <laughs> as a, as a, like you said, as a company, we were only, a, we we're a baby. We we're a year old, you know, like we started yeah, our yeah. company like a year before that. And we're like, here Dude, we are going that, yeah. on to the show. And then, I mean, here, the dojo, this is what was birthed from, from ABDC, you know, like, you know, we, mm-hmm. we crowdfunded this thing and like, shout out to the thousands of people Hell that yeah. like donated their blood, sweat and tears into building this place to what it is. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, just how you mentioned though, like there was a learning experience, um, in so many ways from being, you know, in that space as Kinjas for the first time in the TV space mm-hmm. to, um, knowing, we're not going to let us quote unquote, not winning a show, keep us from pursuing what we want to pursue. So we were still able to build the studio that we had intended to build, you know? Yeah. So there's so many things, so many like working dynamics that came through the show, out of the show. And like, you know, here we are, you know, now. Yeah. Um, so after post ABDC season eight with quest, did you guys, um, keep pushing quest or did you guys continue to kind of just like do your we guys just, individual stuff? I think man, like we just really, we're not the type of, I guess, uh, like the way that you guys run Kinjas is so that's like a real company. I don't, we never really were a real company. Quest mm-hmm. crew is just honestly a bunch of dudes just trying to figure it out and kind of just making decisions as situations came. Mm-hmm. 
we didn't we've never really had like a grand plan mm -hmm. we just know what we want to do next after every other thing we do yeah and sometimes we're just kind of like yeah whatever let's just do whatever comes you yeah. know and and i think after that we i mean we were supposed to quit before that <laughs> like when we did world of dance 2014 we were i looked at that like that was going to be our last show mm -hmm. i was like let's just do a dope last show mm -hmm. and then you know it went so well that people were like yo do this show and do that mm -hmm. show and we're like okay guess we're doing shows again yeah and then uh and then abdc you know hit us up and that was weird that like the you know guys bringing it back mm -hmm. like what yeah and uh and really that's how it always was after that we had decided to just do a few more shows and we just kept doing them and we just kept doing random stuff you mm -hmm. know we're not really we really are literally like when we say no we're just a bunch of homies that kind of just play around that's literal like people mm -hmm. think that oh that's a real fun joke like yeah. act all like down to earth like no for sure <laughs> we're hella lazy like yeah. <laughs> we just do whatever comes and uh -huh. you know and and you know at some points when we gotta buckle down we get real serious mm -hmm. and we're like we become like like when you call captain planet and shit gets real <laughs> but then after the you know pollution's done then we're like cool yeah, like let's yeah. chill let's play games i think that's that's dope man <laughs> i mean in a lot of ways like I think Kinja's is the same way too, you know. Like, but I think it, it's the um, the funness of it has to be an element because I think the reason. I mean, when you create, you know, I think a lot of artists, you know, probably agree with this: is that how you feel when you create it is how the audience is going to feel when they receive it. Absolutely. So, yeah. like, if you're not having fun making it, like, what makes you think that people are going to have fun watching it? Yeah, you know what I mean? So, I think the, the, the ability to have fun within the process is a part of the magic of making right. it what it is. It's you like know? your guys' um, like, when you guys do your vibe shows, there's no way you didn't have fun making that oh, stuff. Yeah. We have a Absolutely no We're way. We're cracking up, dude. <laughs> and it's always like this, can we get away with this? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why That's why yeah. people love that. Yeah. Like, those are the classics. Yeah. And, and that's something that, like, you know, we look at it the same way when we, yeah, like if you have to do something corporate and they put limitations on yep. you and you have a bad time, like you yeah. don't want anyone to see the show. <laughs> like don't yeah. record, don't upload. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? But, you know, luckily, luckily for us, like we do naturally have a lot of fun. Yeah. Sometimes too much where, you know, we don't get anything done. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's all good memories. Yeah. But we're definitely not anything like you guys as far as company <laughs> structure whatsoever it's all good which man. is funny because we we still to this day don't we never had a leader mm. like and that's i think a big big difference with any company when you mm. like a company doesn't have a ceo doesn't yeah. make sense you know like or we've we've always been equal partners and it's mm. one of those things that it's great feels great mm -hmm. you're gonna have limitations mm -hmm. and you kind of have to live with it and yeah. understand it yeah do you find do you find that to be um difficult in in some ways like oh yeah yeah because yeah. i mean it's great because i think not having a leader is mean, meaning you guys all have a mutual respect for each other right on, like that's always a there playing field but in terms of you know getting a project together to move forward on something like someone has to kind of be like yeah i think we should do this you know what <laughs> what I mean? like, like and that, that, yeah that's yeah. absolutely exactly what it is like mm -hmm. yeah, i'm sure like you know, you understand full well what what that entails when you mm -hmm. don't have a per a point person. Mm -hmm. And we do we have point people for specific things, sure. but not as a whole. There's no like one dude that's like, you know what I mean. And that's always going to limit it mm -hmm. as far as like what's going to happen. Yeah. Because at the same time, you never really feel like it's your place to say something because mm -hmm. you're like, well, I'm not the leader, mm -hmm. so I don't want to be like yeah. everybody. Right. You right. Know, like mm -hmm. it just kind of 
it works for a while and then it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And that's when you have to be like, of course it won't work. Like Mm -hmm. nothing works like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's fun. Yeah, for sure. But you're dead if that's the only thing you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So with, you know, where you're at now with your life pursuing music, um, you know, dance is still kind of there. Would you say that you're kind of living your dream in terms of how you saw your life being planned out and like whether it be a loose plan or something that you had structured would you say you're you're in that space now or are you still yeah. just kind of flowing i think like as far as living my dream uh, so my my life track basically to put it really simply would be started community dancing uh did six step quest uh abdc after abdc we hooked up with lmfao yeah did tour with them that was a big thing um I tore my ACL on tour. I got put on keyboards. So I was, I was a keyboardist for, for the band for a while. Red Foo went solo. I was his keyboardist. Um, stopped doing keyboards and it became his creative consultant from there. Um, I just worked on his media and I was just a brain. And that's mm. what I really liked. And then uh, now just kind of figured out for myself everything. So my dream happened ages ago. <laughs> like mm. as far as where I saw my life going, yeah. like I never had tremendous high hopes for myself at all. That was probably the community. Winning Vibe was my dream. Mm. Like, Winning Vibe, I think that was 2006. That was my dream because, mm. or Vibe 2006. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because a year before that, I just went to Vibe. And I remember Victor Kim was with me and he said yeah. the same thing. And we were just like, wouldn't it be crazy to win that? Like, mm. And even then, I was like, nah, that'll never happen. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's where my expectation of myself lies. It's that far back. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I don't downplay people who, you know, have that as a dream, like to win body rock or anything like that's still huge. And that, and that could, you know, I'll never forget that. And mm. even all these things that happened after that, that was still one of the sweetest like things of success I've ever tasted mm-hmm. was like getting the vibe trophy from Myron Martin. <laughs> you know, like it was still like, yeah, wow. And that's only because I was sitting in a seat looking at that stage Mm. and saying that'll never happen to me Mm. like and i think that's when you really go damn okay life like that was cool because you know i did the same thing watching abdc but i could somewhat visualize it i did the same thing you know watching dance 360 i could sort of see myself but Mm -hmm. going further back to vibe not even a one percent i had no clue how that could be me Mm. i was like how how could that even i don't know how to do anything that they do they're so cool yeah you know and then I think that's what it is. It's like the, the space, the gap between the expectancy and the occurrence of it happening was so large. Hmm. Nowadays, you kind of get educated. You kind of know what it takes to make it. And you kind of understand whether or not you have it or whether or not the pieces fall into place or you have the logistics. You can sort of calculate the likelihood of attaining things. Mm-hmm. But when you're a kid and you're just hopeful, it's like one in a million. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. And... um but I think there's something about the the ability to kind of dream as a kid. I think that 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 childlike wonder or that like I wonder like one day if I could do that and that and it's like this giant question mark, you know. And, yeah. And, um, and I think this kind of goes back to the way that you you approach fear. Is it's like it becomes this like you don't let the fear stop you. You know what I mean? And, and I think cause like, you know, when I was a kid and I was skateboarding, 
I would try all kinds of crazy tricks because I'm just like, I don't know, it's fun. And you get hurt, and you're like, oh, whatever. You get up, you try it again. Yeah. Now I'm just like, dude, there's no way I'm going to try that trick because if I fall off and I, if I sprain my ankle, because like, I'm thinking so much, yeah. and not to say that there's that's stupid, it's all those things that I'm thinking about are keeping me from trying no, because yeah, I'm saying, right. well, what if this happens? And if this happens, then I won't be able to do this. But as a kid, you're like, F it. I'm just going to try it. Yeah. And, then like, and then like, wow, I landed it. Now next trick, you know? And then, and I think it's the same thing with like how I approached dance was as a kid, I wasn't calculating like, wait, am I going to be able to like sustain a livelihood off of this? Like, you know, what am I going to do after 10 years? Like, I wasn't thinking about no. that. <laughs> like, I was just like, I'm going to be good at this thing because I love it. And then... You know, hopefully along the way, as you start developing those skills because of your fearlessness towards the thing that you love, mm -hmm. you will be smart enough, hopefully, to learn other things along the way right. and, and build knowledge. Because like you said, like from quest to getting on to lmfao to tearing your acl to like oh i'll just do keyboards because you can <laughs> yeah you know what i mean it's like okay like not keyboards anymore like creative consultant because you have a creative brain that like you know so you, it, it would be a shame if like you were that one trick pony like okay yeah. i'm an amazing dancer tore my acl i guess i'm out of a job now you know what i'm saying but you're like well i can do keyboards and i'm actually really good at that right so i mean there's this I'm like kind of like pacing along your your life journey and and I think the way that I see, you know, um the the way that you've been able to develop yourself to be a multifaceted person, you know, you're not um just a physical, you don't just have a physical ability, but you have a creative ability, you have an ability to um, you know, uh, you know, offer things on a musical end to a thought process to like here's an idea, you know, I think that's that just kind of like shows me that you have, um, yeah, the, th the stuff that you care about, man, you develop this kind of geniusness to that. And I think, cause you know, people talk about like, Oh, you know, this person's a genius. This person's a prodigy. And anytime, anytime I hear that, I was thinking, though, you're like supernatural. Like you're like a one in a million. Like you were just born this way. Yeah. But I feel like genius can be developed. Absolutely. You know what I mean, you yeah. can find genius. You can right. train genius. It's not like they weren't doing anything, and then all of a sudden they could do everything. Exactly. Like, there's no way. And I think sure, there's people who have a like a, maybe a little bit more of a natural ability to pick things up faster than others. But I think, like, in a broader sense, man, like there is nothing under the sun that's like brand new. Like people will figure something out and they will train themselves to get good at something whether they realize yeah. it or not it's not mm -hmm. like you have to actively be like i am training this specific thing and that's yeah. how i get good at it you can be training something that you don't realize you're training and i think right in what i hear in in the way that you approached um literally everything in your life you're talking about like i've already lived my dreams you know and like now you're kind of just like coasting but i'm like no, you're you're still uh, living yeah, your I'm dream, not. like because <laughs> right. I already know, like you know, next year I'm gonna ask you, like, hey, how's it going? Like, dude, I'm doing this now, like, yeah. I'm the king of pure space now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can see you getting like that because I think the the stuff that you care about, like, you get really into and you try to find yeah. like all the ins and outs of those things. Dude, I'll tell you stuff. something really nerdy that like is exactly in line with what you just said. So, like, I figured out... Did you play a lot of old-school video games? Of course. Super Nintendo? Yeah, of course. Uh, so, I figured out how to hack ROMs. You know, like uh, like Final Fantasy VI, yeah. Super Nintendo. Uh -huh. I figured out how to get in the game file and use all these programs to open it up and edit stuff. So, I created an entirely different version of Final Fantasy VI uh, for Eris, like one of the dudes in Quest Crew, yeah. about our lives. 
and it's so the whole game is all the characters are people you guys are in it you're in it everybody's Shut in it yeah i replaced up. all the sprites all of the game artwork all of the portraits 3500 lines of dialogue oh my gosh <laughs> just to see just because i was obsessed with doing it and it's a completed game and eris is playing through it right now it's it's like 40 hours long how, how, how does the world not know about this? Well, I'm gonna make I'm making a video about it right now, okay. but it's super like. Oh my god! But that's exactly the thing is like, it, you know, like I I always think that this is just doesn't apply to everyone, but success to me is just a byproduct of what you're obsessed with. Like mm -hmm. it's not it's not the aim. It's like if you're just obsessed with this thing, then it's inevitable that at some point there's gonna be something successful with it. Mm. So just like that, I was like, I just started playing around, and before I knew it, like. I was doing that all the time. And then two and a half months later, my ROM was done. And I'm like, hey, play this. <laughs> and the whole thing, it's like everything. That's incredible. All of the items, all the weapons, all the armor, all the towns, everything is named after stuff in the real world. Oh, my god! And all the dialogue and storyline and everything. It's, oh, it's man, ridiculous. I can't wait to see this. <laughs> I can't. I'll, yeah, I'll show it to you once, uh, once my video about it's done. But Dude, it's just I'm like, so, so ready it's for that, it. it's that, I think I have a really obsessive personality, which is why, like, I try not to, like, I've never done drugs or, or drank alcohol because I know that if I do something like that, I'm, mm. that's all I'm going to want to do. Mm. <laughs> so I try to, like, keep everything really in line with, like, my obsession click has mm -hmm. to happen with things that, you know, are good in a way. That's also very wise of you, man. That's dope. Well, dang, man. Um, I could ask you a ton more questions. <laughs> I'm going to try to fit as many of uh, as I can yeah, in a little lightning round right now with you. So... Lightning round, three, two, one. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate chip from Rite Aid. <laughs> Rite Aid. Specifically Thrifty's Rite ice cream. Aid, let's go. Uh, favorite anime character? Oh, dang. Probably uh, Jubei from Ninja Scroll. Nice. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Dude. <laughs> Man, all I can think of now is bad superpowers. Because we used to have this joke. Sorry, this is tangent, but like we used to have this. We were trying to. We were at UC Irvine trying to figure out the worst superpowers to have, and uh -huh. we narrowed it down. The absolute <laughs> worst superpower is every time you shut your eyes, you start watching Titanic, and every time you open it and then shut it again, it starts back over at the beginning. I don't know. That's amazing. That would be the worst power because then you just be oh useless. here we go opening credits. Very useless um, unless uh, Titanic is your favorite movie. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I but know. it won't be after three blinks. <laughs> Uh, probably the best superpower would just be flight. Flight, I would think. Yeah, because then you classic. could you could just lie and, and say you're just amazing at flips or dunking. Never have to buy a plane ticket. Ever. Yeah, because the dumbest thing you could do with the power of flight is to tell people you can fly. That's true. Because the government will snatch you up in one second. If so you, you just would keep your superpower secret. I would disguise oh, it like yeah. I'm really good at jumping. Yeah. Yeah. Or just air flares, like yeah. everything. But just be like a really a guy who's good yeah. at it. But you the would also secret. have to be a good actor too, though. It's yeah. like, well, how did you just like? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. You have to Meisner know. the air flare. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I love it. Uh, if you had a hidden talent, what would it be? If I if I had a or hidden do talent? you have a hidden talent and what is it? I don't. It's it's weird because I always when I was a kid. I always dreamed of what I would do if someone, if I was on TV and they went, what's your hidden talent? And the only thing I can think of is that my earlobes stretch really far. <laughs> and that's it. Wait, so your earlobes, did you, have, did you ever have plugs? No, and everyone's always asked me that. Oh. I never had plugs, but look at this. So this earlobe, it stretches out like super far oh for 
For that really no, is for wild. no reason. It's just like you're like Elastic Man. Yeah, that's that's a super. That, I guess or a superpower hidden so talent. So if, if you need this, that's you, you know very, where I'm at. Very talented earlobe. <laughs> it's good. Well, it's gonna be great for the video. I don't have any hidden talents. Um. Well, yeah. All your talents are out there, man. <laughs> um. What would be something people may not know about you? Oh man. Um. Dude, I feel like I just said all those things just now. <laughs> uh, something they may not know is that for several years growing up, I spoke with a Mexican accent because I was from because I was from Downey, and I just thought that's what I thought I was Mexican. That's hilarious. Wait, you put out a video? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Mexican. I mean. I don't know. That that could be controversial, but <laughs> it was very entertaining. It was very entertaining. I, but that's like a thing where I guess like Filipinos and Mexicans are so close yeah. in terms of community and similarities. Yeah. So growing up, I had a lot of friends that actually talked like cholos. Like that was just how they talked. Right. So you know naturally so you who you're around. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just think that's you. Right. To the point where you're wearing hairnets and buttoned up flannels. And I went to school like that my yeah. first day. And I thought that was normal. Yeah. And it's funny because I went to San Gabriel Academy, which is an all Asian school, yeah. but I showed up like I was Mexican. They were so confused. That's so funny. And I was still talking like that. And it was weird. That's good. But yeah, I couldn't shake that accent for a while. I was still kind of. And anytime I say the words earlier or later, <laughs> I still sound like that. <laughs> so if someone tells me, like, oh, I was going to go there earlier, like, it's, yeah. I can't shake the word, those two words. I That's cannot so shake the accent funny, from those dude. two words. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Um, if you had to choose one, music or dance, what would it be? I would, I would choose music okay. because I fell in love with dance because of music. Gotcha. And I'd been doing music my whole life. Makes sense. And dance was just my way of physically enjoying it. Yeah. So uh, I think the root always was music. Word, word. But dance gets you more chicks. Oh, well, I mean, that's <laughs> arguable. That's arguable. <laughs> that's arguable. Um... What is your worst fear? Oh, man. Um, dang. My worst... It used to be bees because I thought I was allergic, and it turns out I'm not. So I now... I out that you weren't. I just got stung. <laughs> like, oh, I'm still alive. <laughs> because when I was a kid, they told me, like, I was. these are the things I was allergic to growing up. Hair, chicken, dust, milk. Hair? Yeah, my own hair. So if I got a haircut and it got too close, like I w my lungs would shut because I was an asthmatic, like severely as well. I was one of those bubble kids that like, <laughs> except I didn't have a bubble. So I was yeah. always exposed. And uh, yeah, I was allergic to so many things and I just thought bees was one of them, <laughs> but it wasn't. And you just <laughs> stopped being allergic to those things? like naturally? Yeah, I grew out of it. So oh. same with asthma. Like okay. I used to have inhaler all the time. Yeah. And then one day I heard that you can cure asthma by not using an inhaler. So then I would stop uh, using it. I used to have asthma too. Oh, you did? And then, yeah, and then I just stopped. Right. So, yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah, so then I would just, anytime I got attacked, I would just go, <laughs> and just try to like breathe through it, and then eventually it, it went away. Sick. Yeah. So I haven't had an attack since I was 13. You're a supernatural, supernatural <laughs> yeah. kid. Could have died, but hey. Um, <laughs> Not, I don't want to encourage that cure, by the <laughs> way. Yeah, maybe it's don't not, experiment with that. There's no kids. scientific backing yeah. behind that. <laughs> Unless you're Ryan. <laughs> um, what would be one thing on your bucket list? Like, you, you must accomplish this before you die. Oh, man. Dude, a thing I want to accomplish. 
Oh, um, I wanted to. Oh, I can't say it because I want to like surprise somebody with it. Hey, but you uh, have to say that maybe something else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the second thing you want to do. Bucketless stuff, man. Um, let me let me take a second to think about this. Now I can't. I have to find another substitute. It could be thing. something you want to accomplish, something you want to see, something you want some, somewhere you want to go, anything. Um. I always wanted to see the Aurora Borealis. Same. Really? Yes, that's for sure. I'm I always thought that was a lame thing. Like no, people dude. are like, if that's it's easy. Lame, I don't care, dude. That thing that's that'll blow my mind. Yeah, because sure. I always thought it was such a weird thing to exist in the yeah. world that like why isn't everyone obsessed with going yeah. to it? Yeah. Like that's there's nothing like that anywhere. And I heard that you can't predict when it'll happen. It just it happens around a certain time, but then you can't just be like, it's gonna happen on this day. I'm oh, watch it. Yeah. well, that makes it even more enticing. Yeah. Then I think that's why it's dang. So cool. It's like like by chance you can see it. So you could go up, make the trouble, like going whale watching, and there's yeah, no and whales. Not see any whales. I've done yeah. that, and that yeah. sucks. <laughs> dang. Word. Yeah. All right, Aurora Borealis. Um, do you have any regrets in life? Oh, um, yeah. One of my regrets was when we kicked Dietrichs out of Quest. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. Because we just we were just like kids, and mm. like we didn't know how to work through difficulties like that. Mm. And I and we like this is so far behind us, and we make jokes yeah, about all the yeah, time. Yeah. But basically, we kicked him out. Like basically, what happened was that he he uh, got an offer to be a so you think all star when they first started that program yeah, of like bringing yeah. people back, mm -hmm. and we had made this plan to do this international tour as Quest that summer, and you know he always made a big deal about yo you don't take any other jobs because we got to do this thing, and then he went and took this other job, so you know we were all pissed off and and we, you know he was just he was a different guy back then he would yeah. just generally annoy you generally yeah. and i we just let that get to us and i i personally orchestrated everyone to agree with kicking him out wow and i you know because i was a dick and i was just like i don't <laughs> want i'm sick of this dude yeah and we were best friends and it sucked that like yeah it came to that and we didn't speak for like two years or something mm -hmm. like that and then uh i mean after that it, it made everything way stronger yeah. at the end of it but i just thought that was such a douche move of me mm. to like because i know not everybody completely agreed but you know i i just masterfully marionetted <laughs> everyone into like no he should be kicked out you know like <laughs> fucking dumb but like we were we were kids and i yeah. just didn't think that needed to happen yeah like doesn't who cares who cares yeah. like no one cares like yeah. that doesn't and that's something that like any other you know people that ask for advice on their crews that's one of the first things i try to touch on like nothing's that big of a deal mm. like just figure out a way so that people don't get cut out, you mm. know, unless they want to be cut out. Then yeah. Then, that's, then cool. That's real talk, man. Yeah. I have my own stories with that too. So I want to hear but. that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that one for another. All right. One. All right. Uh, but no, man, I like one that like, that's very, I mean, I, for you to be able to talk about it means that it's so far beyond you in terms of like where that's at in your life. And yeah, you know, I know you guys are boys. So like, and that's never so. really been like, addressed mm. publicly like yeah, the yeah. story of it but yeah. it's one it's just one of those things where that move is just a product of you know being naive yeah you know yeah. not understanding the big picture and For just sure. at the end of the day like so what yeah. you know yeah yeah that's what's up man um 
Less of, more of. So if you could see something less of in the world, what would that be? And also more of, what would that be? Oh, man. Um, dang. Probably uh, less less forceful, um, I guess. What I would like to see less of is people forcing other people to think the way they do. Mm. And more just showing an example because I think now it's so easy to preach about what you should be doing versus, you know, I think the best things, um, the best influence is just seeing someone do something really well and you want to do that too. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm just seeing it more because of the way social media is, but just people telling you versus showing you Mm -hmm. or people making you feel bad about the way you do something. Mm. That's something I I never really was on board with. Like, I Mm -hmm. think if something's cool, it's cool. Like you don't got to tell everyone it's cool. Mm-hmm. You don't got to tell someone they're uncool because right. they're not this. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I love that man. That's really good. Uh, what would be your golden rule? Your life mantra? Um, it's that same thing. If if you're afraid, just do it scared. Because you know, sometimes fear is just a part of the process. And you can just you can do it and lie and say you weren't scared, mm-hmm. but like. I think just as long as you don't let it stop you mm-hmm. is that's the only that's the only threat fear ever has is mm-hmm. it just stops you mm-hmm. right like people have done amazing things while they were afraid like they just still did it mm-hmm. I'm sure a firefighter trying to save you from a burning building is a little scared mm-hmm. but he's not gonna go I ain't going in there right. that's scary yeah. you know yeah. he's still gonna do it and that's yeah. like the ba- like something basic like that that we expect people to do like why can't we do that for everything we do it's not even that hard it's not even that life-threatening, you know? I love it, man. Ryan, I want to say thank you, bro, um, for coming on. And um, I feel like I could ask you a ton more questions, but I think um, just with what you've kind of, you know, given us in this episode, I, think, I mean, like, we, we don't really get a lot of opportunities to even, like, catch up and talk like this. Yeah, I know. It's really cool. That's cool, man. Um, and I, I don't think I know a lot of your story in terms of, you know, your background and like, you know, it's, it's cool for me to, cause I see a lot of the creative stuff that you do. It's like, Oh yeah, this guy's dope in this. Oh wow. He's also dope in that. Like, Oh shoot. He can also do this. Like, I'm like, wow, this guy's really talented. And I think the cool thing about being able to, you know, see what's up guys. Wow. <laughs> we wow. got some guests in the house what's walking up, behind Dre? the cameras. Um, <laughs> what's up? but you know, I think the the cool thing, with being able to uh, talk to, you know, talk to you to find out um, how and why you are able to create and and where your artistry comes from. I think I see like a a pretty clear picture and I I love the way that you approach that concept of fear because, um, you know, I think, yeah, like, like you just said, the only thing that's stopping you is, or the only thing that can stop you is the fear if you choose to let it. And I, and I love how that you, you look at that as a choice, you know, because I think when people feel like I can't because of fear, like, like that there's no other option because I'm afraid. It's like, no, you can choose to let that stop you or you can choose to do it anyway and see what happens, you know? Right. And I think the way that you, um, approach life in general and like you know there is an honesty and a humility that I appreciate but like I also want to point out not to say that you don't know it but like um there's a genius there dude and and like 
I gotta give props where where props is due, and and I think I see the way that um, you, even how you talk about you having that knowledge of yourself of being obsessive, um, and knowing that like I can choose to let my obsessive character manifest itself in this way or that way, you yeah, know, and absolutely. like I'm not gonna do it in this way because I know how bad it'll get if I do these things, but if I focus it on this. I know how good it'll be because I know how I am. And I think, you know, I think just talking to you, you seem to be somebody who's very self-aware. You've taken the time for yourself to uh, know yourself. And that takes a lot of time, you know. And um, I think people can go a lifetime without ever knowing themselves. But, you know, I think, you know, you're very much the type of person to... um, ask yourself why for everything, you know, like, you know, if I'm afraid, like, why am I afraid? Okay, if this is why I'm afraid, then here's how I'm going to approach it. I'm still going to do it anyway. And, you know, I think like a lot of those why questions are the ways that we figure out who we really are, how we really think, um, how we really feel, um, what we're really good at, what we're not good at, you know, like all those things are are really good, man. So, yeah, um, that's really the like when it comes to fear, I really just believe it's it's just a gate it's like it's not going to affect the quality of what you do it's going to affect whether or not you do it Mm -hmm. so once you're through that gate it's like freedom it's like Mm -hmm. cool i'm already in it like i'm doing it yeah so fear's behind me kind of a thing it's really cool man um how can people follow your journey um where Um, where can they follow what you're doing instagram's probably the main thing yeah ryanagram ryanagram r-y-a-n-i-gram yeah websites anything like that do people still use those things (laughs) probably people just defaulted on the domain payments by now (laughs) word word anything new coming up anything that's uh exciting or that that uh game that i hacked yeah that thing has to hit the streets bro i'm just gonna put it up for public downloads of but the thing is i was i was iffy about it because it roasts a lot of people because i i thought it'd be even better why not make it as like real as possible yeah but yeah it, it'll oh, be man, it's gonna be hot in the community i know <laughs> i love it man. yeah a lot of people will be upset at me word i'm gonna be on the list is it final fantasy is it, what is it called it's final fantasy 6 but it's just a quest version of it it's just it. totally like jacked up and it's really hard and like and i added a lot of bosses where like there's a 116 chance you could run into them unexpectedly in certain areas That's so amazing. you might just be like grinding for like low level enemies and you just run into galen hooks out of nowhere <laughs> and she just decimates you and that's a real one like oh my she'll gosh. destroy you you have that's no chance so good <laughs> that's freaking good man well i'm gonna be on the lookout for Heck that yeah. man i'm gonna be on the lookout for that <laughs> uh guys thank you for listening um yeah we are a year deep a year plus deep and if you find this episode to be valuable entertaining anything good uh, we ask that you just share it. Share it on your social media. Tag us. We're on everything. Kinja's podcast, cast with a K. Hit us up on IG. Keep sending those DMs of what you guys are digging in the episodes. I love regramming all that stuff. And uh, please leave us a rating. Five-star ratings are awesome. And leave us a review. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. It helps us get visibility and for people to find us. Um, yeah, we got a ton more episodes ahead of us here that were really dope. So if you like this one, keep going in the archives. There's a bunch more there. Thank you guys for listening and watching. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Kid you blind.